What's up? Everyone. What's up? What's up? Hi. You guys must be wondering why we only have three people. Um, we have sad news. We have we have sad news, man. This is important. Ilya. Ilya is no longer. <laughs> Ilya is not. Nah, nah. He has something to do. Nah, he. So he will be, yeah, yeah, he will be on next episode, but this episode is only three of us. I'm sorry if that disappoints you guys. You can edit him in if you want. <laughs> so, 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 how are you, Rafiki? How are, how are you feeling about the MCO extended? I mean, um, pretty good because at least now a little bit of more freedom. As a matter of fact, just now I went to Mama's store just to get the to toasty because I've been craving. Damn. What a nice feeling, you know. You crave something, then you just go to the store and get it. Just like Mama. Yeah, yeah true. Mm. Now Rafiki can go to the Mama, man. Did you drive or did you I like? I drove it. Uh no no, it's nearby, but it's not Ali Bistro. I actually wanted to go to Ali Bistro. It yeah. closed down. Uh, it, it's not open. Yeah. So I went to the Mama's store. I was gonna get the nun cheese, but then they don't have nun cheese, <laughs> so I just well, go, go to RSMY, man. It's too far. I think there's gonna be a roadblock somewhere. Nice. Okay, like. Rafik and Rafiki. Yes. When you guys yeah. ball, have you guys ever thought of you know, once you go into the university, tertiary education, have you mm-hmm. ever thought of studying over? <laughs> <laughs> I have a funny story regarding that. <laughs> like I am supposed to go, but something happened. <laughs> so I I I'm studying in UAE right now. But yeah, uh, I was pretty interested to study abroad because I think most, mostly because of the cultures and the new people that I can meet with, and new friends too. But now I feel like it's good too that I study in UAE. How about you? Me? I mean, I always have the dream of wanting to study outside for tertiary education, but uh, I guess it's too expensive for me. As a matter of fact, I did get like an offer from Penn State University to attend in um what do you call that fall two thousand seventeen, but then I couldn't get any financial assistance, financial scholarship, so I had to ditch that and I went to UI instead. Yeah, I had the same problem too. We all had the same problem. Yeah, I think the biggest part, the biggest the uh, obstacles of going outside, yeah, finance. Mm-hmm. How about you, Anas? I think when I was small, I wanted to study at I think Egypt just to see the pyramids. <laughs> but I got that before I entered the tertiary education, uh, so I think right. I don't have that. Uh, you went to Egypt. Uh, you went to the thing every month, right? Eh, no, I actually went to pyramid after my fourth year in Egypt actually, and I went there like two times only. I think that's my one of my biggest regret. Okay, why did we talk about studying abroad? It is because our topic for today is Malaysia the experience. And can you uh introduce our guest, Rafiq? So our guest uh, is actually a friend of ours. Um, he had been studying in Malaysia since 2017. That makes it around three to four years, I think. Um, he has been living in Malaysia for a long time, so we can see his experience about Malaysia because we usually see and we usually hear the experience of people outside of Malaysia, who who are from Malaysia who studied outside. But I think that it's important also to know how. An out- outsider viewed Malaysia. Yeah. Where is he from? So I think uh, he is from India. Uh, <laughs> he is from India. He is from India. It's a country name. Uh, so um, he is also one of my friend lah. One of my dear friends. Um, I think he lived in Bombay. I don't remember. Is it Bombay or Mumbai? He told me a few times. I'm sorry. But yeah, um, his name is 
Ahmed Jagirdar. Hey, Yay. how are you guys doing? <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. For the listeners information, Ahmad is also our campus radio announcer in one of the show in uh, RUMFM, Your Campus Radio. <laughs> so, yeah. we're really glad to have uh, Ahmad Jagrida for today because he is one of the most famous uh, RUM radio announcer. Oh no, come on. <laughs> to have him here is an honor for us. Thank you so much. Oh, the honor is all mine to be on this uh, great podcast with you guys. Oh, uh, <laughs> we're just starting. I think great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. So, Ahmed, um, I think uh, three of us have talked about our dream of studying abroad. Uh, why don't you start off the conversation with, you know, talking about your dream, studying abroad. Um, for me, like, my education initially started off in an international school. So uh, as I was reaching towards my graduation at high school, my father was planning to send me out. Uh, my mother had plans to send me to the U.S., to California, because my uncle stays there. And I was like, oh, okay, hoping, you know, I'll be studying there. But then uh, in 2014, I made a trip to Malaysia with my family and we seemed to really like the country. So as soon as I graduated, my father said, okay, let's try Malaysia. And we went to, you know, tour around campuses here. And it was a shock for me because I never really imagined that I would be studying abroad. Like I had a dream that, okay, one day I might because of my, uh, my certificate, my international certificate. But I, it was something which was too sudden. And then in a couple of months' time, I came to Malaysia. We liked a certain university. And then I, it was so quick that in 2017, just after graduation, a couple of months ago, I landed in UIA. And here I am studying oh, for wow. almost three years. <laughs> uh, in which month did you graduate? Uh, I graduated in April. So April that's around well, five months. <laughs> Yeah. Um, usually for Malaysian, roughly, how long do you have to wait until, I mean, for typical SPM route, how long do you have to wait until you get into uh, university? I think, yeah, I think it's the same, five to six months. Five to six not months. That, not that different, not that different. But like, when you've been to Malaysia before, at 2014, like, what made you change the decision, like, before you, want to, you wanted to study in California? Like suddenly, why Malaysia? Okay, so well, the decision was not really mine. Like I didn't really have much of a stay in it. But uh, when I came to Malaysia, uh, it was mainly for you know tourism purposes. It was one of the countries we were visiting, and we seemed to really like the environment. And my father and my parents were really you know amazed by how the country has, even though it's a multicultural international country, it still has very much of its Islamic values inculcated. There are mosques everywhere. And the other part was, well, the cultural uh, aspect. It was not too much of a difference from back home. It was not too uh, open like the West where people are like free to do whatever they want. Uh, it had more of an Islamic, you know, influence here. So that really caused my parents to, you know, say that, okay, this country is going to be suitable and our son's not going to become a spoiled brat or something. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's just send him here and let's see how it goes. So, like, when you came here, was your first choice UIA or was there, like, other universities? Oh, oh definitely not UIA. <laughs> uh, I never... The, uh, the ironic thing is that I didn't really know about IUM at all. Like, uh, because before I came here, I spent a couple of weeks looking for universities in Malaysia, in KL. And uh, it was not really KL because one of my father's friends stays in Shah Alam. So my father was telling me to find a place, a university in Shah Alam. So I was look, focusing more on that area. But then when I came here, I looked around. We had appointments in certain universities. Everything was done. But I guess I've told this story to you guys before. But uh, that, uh, well, for our viewer, viewers here today, there was this one taxi driver which uh, changed my destiny, you know? <laughs> and towards the final days of uh, me going back to my country, he recommends my father saying that, sir, I know a uh, Islamic university. Mm. So that really, that really <laughs> changed my father's mind. And he's like, okay, where to, 
let's give it a shot. Anyways, we don't have. What were in your mind when the taxi driver said that? I I was really like no because the thing was that we had already confirmed the university. We had even gone and done a tour of it. We had confirmed where my uh, condominium is gonna be. Everything was totally set, and I think the university was called Health University. And uh, now that I look back at it, I sort of sometimes wish that I what would it be if I was there because for the major I'm doing now, mass communication, Health University is known as one of the best universities in Malaysia for that field. But then uh, I'm more than glad because I came here. I make friends with you guys I'm, and I'm on this podcast here tonight <laughs> so that initially happened and um, well my father came saw the university and I didn't really have like I said much of a choice to decline so I said okay let's go ahead and see what happens hmm. that's really nice <laughs> yeah I mean <laughs> uh, I mean to be fair uh, we all had that little bit of Um, on the tough side of life, especially when our parents sort of had to make decisions for us. But yeah. I mean, I I'm really glad to hear that. Um, at the end of the day, you are now in the podcast. You're glad how life's turning more out for you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Before we get more into university, um, how about um you talk about the things in Malaysia? Uh, firstly, why don't you start off with your first impression of Malaysia? Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, uh, for me, it was a foreign country. Uh, I've never really been into a foreign country for my studies. So it was a whole new experience. And um, even though my father wanted to be supportive and say that, okay, I'll stay here for a month with you. Like, at least I can contact you, set you up and everything. But however, it didn't really affect much because in the, at the end of the day, I was still living off alone in our uh, Crescent campus. And even though my parents came and visited me a couple of times, uh, I was still left off. So it was a very new experience. But um, I would say that if, I think it's just in Malaysia in itself where people mm-hmm. are sort of approachable and you can talk to. So I do not really feel like an international who's alienated when I came mm-hmm. here. So my first impression was, okay, the people are, you know, not really pushing me away. They're open to talk to me. And I still think it was Anas and Rafiq, the first guys <laughs> I to in CFS, where I was playing uh, Mobile Legends when it had just come out. And Rafiq was like, oh, yeah, I, I play that game a lot, actually. And Anas and both of you guys were, like, looking and we were playing and everything. So I was like, okay, people are, you know, friendly, these guys. So that was my first impression. Like, okay, the first thing is to communicate with people. And it's going so well so far. And then slowly, step by step, you know, I learned to come across the food. Uh, I think I'm like a lot of Malaysians actually get surprised because um, when I, as an international, say that I really like Malay food. So because they usually see like, oh, internationals don't really have Malay food a lot. So I'm because I remember us going to Hentian Duta every other time. And oh. I, enjoyed, I enjoyed eating the Nasi Goreng Pattaya, the Nasi Goreng USA. So those are like my all time favorite. That was like your early months too in Malaysia. True, yeah. true, true. It was very impressive. Yeah, I was like instantly fell in love with everything. Like I think one of the factors you um, easily seamlessly go into Malaysian culture is because of maybe the nature of our foundation where yeah. we have a lot of international also in our um, foundation and also there's a lot of uh, people who had who are from international background even though they're Malaysian. Yeah. So, um, what do you see the differences between the culture in Malaysia and the culture back in India? Oh, there are huge uh, differences when it comes to Malaysia and India, because uh, as we see, like India is a very you know, uh, it's very rich in its culture and a lot of people take pride in it and. Uh, people hold it as a, a very integral part of life to, you know, be part of the culture and part of the society. So when I see, when I came to Malaysia and I saw that the difference is, is that even though people do have very much of uh, Islamic values and are, you know, still approaching to talk, there's still a bit of openness. People are still accepting to views, still accepting to outsiders and not really considering them uh, not really being conservative and in india actually people are very conservative 
people are not really open to talk about, uh, just generally talk about a stranger or internationals per se. So that's the first difference that I saw that people are very open here as compared to back home. And then a little bit of new things, even though like how I say that, yeah, we all are Muslims, but then some things which are new in Malaysia, like the open house concept, which was something very new to me. Like I've never seen that happen anywhere and uh things festivals which happen here and i really love the whole vibe which people give off of you know living together even though they're malaysia is considered as a very you know multinational society so people are like still living together it's very open because in india you don't really see that it's very rare to see people all living in harmony and being calm and cool so i think when i head back to my country i'm one of those few guys who has a lot of international friends because in India, everybody's very, you know, sticking to their own group or our own nationality and ethnicity. And which I don't see in Malaysia because every other Malaysian student, I'd say, has a group of friends who are just internationals and everyone's accepting. So I think those are like one of the key components of really, you know, big differences I see in culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in my opinion, right, um, when I started to live in KL, back then I didn't live in KL, but the moment I started to live in KL, and I went out more, um, I noticed that Malaysians always get excited, uh, especially when um, there's international people around. I think for the most part, it's because um, they really are excited to speak English with non-Malay. Um, mm-hmm. It happened to me as well. I've done like a few assignments where I had to um, talk with international people in KLCC, um, not Malays. So uh, to me, the experience is that... Um, I really love talking with international people, um, especially I got to know your culture, I got to know um, our differences, and on top of that, I also get to practice my English. Um, I think yeah. that's the case as well for you too, right, Anas and Perfect? What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's uh, because of like, when you live in Malaysia, no, most of the time, I think you only talk mostly with the Malays, with the Chinese and Indians. So like when you meet somebody who are from international background, somebody who are foreign from your country, um, you feel kind of camaraderie or like you want to know how they live before this and how can you like um, know them better just from their culture and how they do. But like um, just now you mentioned the culture of open house, right? So I, I remember <laughs> you came to my open house. Um, yeah. <laughs> 2018. So I just want to know, like, what's your favorite food among the food there? Oh, I still can't forget that lamb I was hogging on. Like, I remember till the moment I left, I was like, I remember it was uh, me and I don't remember who else, but I was like still standing in line, even though there were a lot of people. I'm like, I need to get one last piece because this is delicious, you know, like, it's too good. <laughs> like, that was the best item there, like, overall. And I remember even like hogging on the deserts, like making the waffles and pouring in so much chocolate. I'm like, wow, this is like, is this, this really happens? Like in Malaysia, people are like, okay with this? Because I was shy initially because you were, you, it, I mean, you guys are pretty open to, you know, people coming in and eating. But I was like, am I, am I okay with taking that? Like it's for free? Like, are you sure? <laughs> so I, I really like the whole concept and like I still can't forget the taste of the lamb till today, honestly. <laughs> Lucky you, Rafi. Uh, speaking of which, right, open house, uh, it's for eat as well, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember you telling us that you find it weird that we have open house until the end of Shawal instead oh, yeah. of just on eat. Why don't you talk about that? How, how is it in India? Uh, in India, like, like I said, uh, each celebrations are very limited. It's usually like on the day it takes place, Raya takes place, and it's like the following two or three days. And uh, even though it's like, it's not really like how in Malaysia, you guys continue to have these occasions of open house, but it's like an unwritten, unspoken rule where you still have uh, these house parties after a month or so where you call your relatives mainly. But uh, it's like I said, it's quite different from India because we don't really have such a grand celebration as compared to uh, people in Malaysia, which I truly like, really enjoy. Damn. So like, 
Yeah, Anas. So you told us that you know you came to Malaysia before around like 2014, then you come again at 2017. So we had talked about the your first impression to Malaysia, but I think the hardest challenge or the biggest barrier for a person going to another country is the barrier of language. Mm-hmm. So how did you find Malaysia in terms of the barrier of language between you and the locals? Per se, because I think in university we don't have that many problem in speaking English mm-hmm. because this is like an uh, uh, English speaking campus. But outside, most people, yeah. not everyone can speak English. So how did you find that barrier and how did you overcome it? Yeah, I think uh, it. I have a very in funny story because of that. Because uh, when I had come to Malaysia in 2014, uh, of course there was a language barrier. My family was there. We couldn't speak. So we were living in a hotel somewhere in KL, and we wanted to like start our tour, you know, to go to KLCC. Now we didn't really know back then it was there was no such thing as Grab or Uber much, which we were familiar familiarized with. So we said, okay, let's walk because we could see KLCC from our hotel. So we're like, okay, let's walk. It doesn't seem to be that far, and we kept walking and walking and walking and. We are asking people around us, uh, and they're they're just motioning us because they were speaking in Malay, but they were motioning us. Yeah, you go there, you go there, and I we went on walking for hours, like it was about two hours, and we're still walking, and we can still see KLCC, but we are nowhere close to it. So in the end, we finally stood on the streets, and my like my mother and my sisters were really like mad, like enough, just. Find someone or who is someone we can talk to. So luckily, we found a person who was just passing by, and they seemed to be like some official authority, like a security guard or something. And they recommended us to take the LRT. And uh, because the funny part was, because when you we are following these directions from people, we didn't really understand what they say, and we reached a dead end because it was a bridge, and there was just a wall between us. And I'm like, we can't go anywhere. We have to turn around. And the first day, like in Malaysia, was like very tiring because we didn't know where to go. We don't know the language. But then in the end, we found the LRT, and then we went there. So uh, overcoming the language barrier outside has been a little bit tough. Even though I still get around by using English most of the time. But then some words when I use in Malay, the the either the driver or the people giving me directions. Get and they're like, oh, okay, fine, you know, let's uh, see how we can help this guy out. Is that Hassan? That Hassan? <laughs> oh, Hassan. Hassan, how are you, man? <laughs> okay, uh, Ahmed. Uh, I think okay, a little bit of continuation to that um, language barrier question. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you find Malaysian English accent? Is it Easy to be understood, or <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, sometimes like it's 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 easy to understand, uh, but sometimes it's just the I think it's just because of the accent which is there that people you know sometimes pronounce words differently, uh, which mm-hmm. I don't really find hard to understand, but I find it amusing, like how it's become that word. Like if you don't say that word like the Malaysians say it, then you don't really understand, even if you're using the right word. So, for example, like I say mm-hmm. already, but I think in Malaysian is they use the word say already. So, <laughs> <laughs> so even like uh, already or some simple words like can, like can can, even though it means like yeah I can do that or yeah it's possible. So there's like I think it's like a Malaysian English slang where they just use words like can or. Uh, cannot, cannot. Simple. Cannot means low. It's kalas. Nothing's gonna happen. <laughs> so, yeah. so I find it really interesting and amusing. So I'm like, I really find that to be something more of a nice experience to hear people talk the same uh-huh. language but having their own accent to it. <laughs> I mean, you know what? If you think Malaysian accent is hard to be understood, you should try Singapore, man. Like this oh. one time I went to Singapore, I thought I speak English, and then I talked to Singaporean. I question my English already. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, how about how about on the on? Do you do you understand that oh. first? Yeah, yeah, I did not understand at first because I remember uh, we used to be in foundation and everyone was like oh futsal at six, 
of futsal at seven, and everyone was like, on ta on, on ta on. I'm like, what, the, what does that mean? <laughs> like, can you just say like, okay, I'll be there? Like, what are, what are they talking about? So it took me a while. And I remember there was one time we were uh, in our group, that Students of Innovation WhatsApp group, where we yeah. were talking. And oh. It was Halim. Halim, he sent a picture of a can. And he he went he meant like the Malaysian slang like yeah can as in bole it can happen and I'm like I asked like can you give me context what does this mean and then I think Rafiq was the one who said it means can you know like yeah you can come or you can go bole 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 la yeah so like um, looking towards the language and the things that you seen in Malaysia. What was your first Malay word? I want to know, like, the first thing that you learned in Malay. Oh, uh, I, I think it was on my flight. Uh, it was Malaysian Airlines. They had, like, a catalog to have, like, simple words uh, to say. And I think that first word, I... No, the okay, this might be funny, because my father had been to Malaysia before, and the first word I learned was tandas. like... <laughs> 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 Okay, that was my first Malay word. And I think the second word was like Afahabar and all of that. But yeah, I remember the first word was Tandas. And I'm like, what? Is, well, because in India, the word like Tandas is similar to a more joking word to the same meaning to going to the washroom or toilet. So when I first heard it, I was laughing my heart out. <laughs> and even even the second word, I think, was Terimakase. Like Terimakasi, uh, the thank you, but in my language, it's very similar to a bad word. It's like a swear word. So, <laughs> so when I heard that, I was again like laughing and like if I say this to some Indian, they probably want to beat me back. You know, like what are you saying? So like. So like, I trust you to be um, a bit proficient in Malay, I think. No, I think, not I much. Think you're taking, I think you're taking Malay, right? This semester. Yeah, yeah. This, this semester I'm taking Malay, actually. Uh, how unlucky. <laughs> and it's gone, man. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, like... Uh, so like um, can you, like... Yeah. Can you, like, maybe tell a few words in Malay? I don't know. Yeah, maybe introduce, introduce yourself uh, in Malay. Can you try that? Uh okay, how how do I say? Uh, sa- I I don't know. I I always start with saya correctly, but then my other sentence was just go it's crazy. And um, I think there was some words where I like in the class where I didn't really know sentences, but the lecturer was like, okay, any words from this letter. So I was giving him words like uh uh you know. Chinta and Chantik and, wow. and the lecturer was like looking at me and he's like oh love and he was like acting it out and then I, I think it went to the letter R and I think I was the first guy to say Rindu and he's like oh Rindu so I don't even know how I remember these words but I said them and the lecturer's like, oh, we, we got a romantic here in class or something. <laughs> <laughs> have you been listening to Malay songs secretly, huh? Uh, I mean, I, I have uh, come across that song, which I always listen to. I think it's called Bima Tamu. Oh. I think it was even after like one time, it was me, Rafiq, Halim. We were all in yeah, our room. Yeah. I and remember. we were playing rap and everything. Well, so, I think it was the song um, Hatepo, I think. Hatepo, yeah, Hatepo. So, okay, cool. I, and I came across that song the other day, and I was like, hey, this is the song, you know, Rafiq was putting on. I was like, oh, Hatepo, Hatepo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a very, um, that was a very good session, bonding session with you and me. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> So uh, maybe like you can move on to another set of questions. Like, how do you find tourism or like the landscape here in Malaysia? Have you been to maybe other states in Malaysia? Uh, yes, like uh, tourism when I came here, actually I was quite upset with my first trip to Malaysia in 2014 
because I spent uh, a lot of time in Malaysia and uh, some time in Singapore. And I think when I went to Singapore, Singapore has like, it's a small country. It has very specific attractions. So I quickly went through them. But then our trip was staying in Malaysia, going to Singapore and coming back. So I spent a long time in KL, but we didn't really go out much. So it was only in KL. But now that I've lived here so far, uh, I have visited the other states. I've been to Kuantan. I've been to Malacca. And uh, I really had a good time because I feel like Malaysia has a great potential for tourism. Like especially like, uh, you know, going to the islands in Langkawi or the Perhentian Islands, which are very beautiful, which I still need to visit or go to the port city Penang. But uh, I think which causes people to not be able to go everywhere is how it's all spread out. Like uh, people like usually tourists come to KL. So not everybody can go to Penang. Not everybody can go to, you know, Johor perhaps. So Malaysia has really beautiful, uh, you know, tourist spots all around the country. Uh, it's just that it's spread out. That's why people, you know, usually limit themselves to KL. But overall, like, I just enjoy traveling. And as soon as this MCO is lifted, I'm going to rent some car and, like, go some place. <laughs> road trip, uh, road trip. Yeah, man. Do you have any, like, list of states or places that you want to go once this thing oh. Because Because you will be studying here, like, for probably three more years and you still have yeah. time to explore Malaysia. True, true. Like, I do have. Uh, So, I was going to go to a trip to Penang recently. Uh, but then it sort of, uh, you know, died down. The person involved, they were like, oh, we're not feeling it. So I'm like, okay, fine. Because what's the point of going when, you know, the people around you are not really into it. So I, I have things like going to Penang. I Even though I've lived here for quite a while, I haven't really been to Langkawi yet. So I really want to visit Langkawi at least once. I want to go to Perhentian Islands. Uh, I really want to visit Sabah, Sarawak. Because I saw some, you know, tourism there and like the blue waters and the white sand beaches were so beautiful and my list like sort of just you know keeps growing at times like oh this is in malaysia i need to go here so like i mean from... even for us uh, roughly, you can go ahead. <laughs> so like from the places that you had went before like which one was your favorite uh, I think the most, for me, like, I really enjoy going to, you know, uh, nature-like places, very scenic views. So I think the most beautiful one has, even though it's a common place, it has been, like, Port Dixon. And it's a specific, like, Blue Lagoon Beach, uh, which I really enjoyed going to. Like, I, I've been there a couple of times. One time I spent the whole day there. One time I spent the whole night there. And it was a whole different, you know, vibe to it. And the other was, I think I went to Malacca Straits Mosque, which was, you know, a very whole new experience. I was alone there and uh, I was just discovering and it was really just a whole, you know, different experience just traveling alone. It was amazing. Yeah. Do you want to answer that question there? Muzaki Asan, quite an interesting question. What do, What is your opinion of Malaysian TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to be controversial. <laughs> controversial on this podcast uh, i mean i mean tiktok in general like i i feel like tiktok is really fun you find mm-hmm. a lot of cool things there like a lot of new trends but at the same time like it's not just malaysia but i think everywhere it has a lot of cringe content on it mm-hmm. and some countries give more way more cringe content than others <laughs> so i'm like oh my gosh it's just crazy <laughs> Oh, we got a new question. What is the most insane question? What is the most insane question? Okay, I okay. It's sort of like it was not really an offensive question to me, perhaps, but uh, because I'm that kind of a guy, I don't really, you know, mind it. But the question was tell, told me that uh, do cows really walk around in streets in India? <laughs> and, <laughs> And and to the viewers here tonight, and to the viewers here tonight, even though many parts of India are very developed, uh, Alhamdulillah, luckily I do stay in a city which is quite developed. We do see cows walking on the street. 
and <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, there's nothing uh, you can really do about it. So that was like, uh, because it was random, it was very random. Like, like, oh, how's India? How's the weather there? And then the guy out of nowhere hits me up with, oh, do cows, do you know, like the cows really walk around on the streets? And I'm like, okay, what's up? What's up with that? I'm like, okay, yeah, they do actually. It's, they do. <laughs> Bro. I mean, oh my god. Yeah. So, like, um, how do you find your three years stay in Malaysia right now? How are you in Malaysia? I mean, I, mean, I, re- I have uh, really found, you know, like, I have found really great experiences. And I think I would never, ever be able to experience all of that if I was in my country. And I think uh, mainly it was the whole, you know, the very initial thing of me moving to a different country you know, building relations with people, making friendships with, you know, you guys and the whole gang. And uh, it was like learning so many things. And I think it was sort of, uh, it. I think it was sort of not only my own, you know, experiences, but it was also the course that I've been taking. It sort of really opened up my mind. And I think like I would have been a very different person if I had lived in India if I hadn't come to Malaysia at all. And I'm so glad because it really made me a more open-minded person, very tolerable to things. And it's sort of become a thing for me these days where I have become so tolerable uh, that you might do anything or anything might come my way. I don't really instantly have an opinion or judge it. So I'm like, I don't think I would have had that if I was to spend the past three years in India itself. So it's made me a whole different person than before. And Alhamdulillah, it was, it's in a good way. I always have seen the development of myself in a positive manner. Because so far, like, I believe that uh, it's more of a personal thing. But the environment back there in India is quite different from here. So I think I, I sort of have a little bit of freedom. I have time to, you know, be thinking thoughts by myself, progress as to what to do. So my stay in Malaysia so far has only been great. And I've had the opportunity to get into so many things, like how Anas introduced me as to be a part of a radio station announcer. So I don't think I would have ever had the opportunity to do that. And if Ilya was here, then he'd tell you that I also am like do a little bit of debating. So I do, it's, it's always like getting opportunities and learning new things, which has only like caused me to have more of a internal and external growth of my uh, character. That's true, man. I think, you know, opportunities are everywhere. But then, once you get this opportunity, then you'll explore it. Then you'll be a better person. So, yeah. and basically, if you are studying abroad, if a person is abroad, I mean, no matter it is for studying or for, uh, for, for, for vacation, they would be the ambassador. They would be basically the ambassador of their own country. They need to keep that, you know, that image of their own country. Because basically, once you're outside, people would see you as your country. Okay, this guy is from yeah. India. Must be like this. This guy is from true, India, true, true. Malaysia would be like this. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's a game of perception. And <laughs> I think uh, even like the preparation of you studying abroad would be a bit challenging because as you all know that, you know, being very far from your family, thousands of miles away from your family. Yeah. Especially in this global pandemic period, yeah, you know, anything can happen to you or your family and you cannot be there for them, you know. So how do true, you... True, true. I mean, what is your preparation in coping with this kind of... Uh, this kind of situation when you're very far away from family and do you mm-hmm. have homesick and how do you cope with it? Uh, honestly, yeah, I do have homesickness, a lot of it actually, uh, and um, it's mainly that how I cope up with it is, for me, I focus on trying to be like, okay, I know I'm here, I have a certain thing to do, I've come here to study, so of course I am going to miss home because uh, internationals usually travel a lot back home, I haven't had the opportunity to do so lately. Uh, and I know, like, especially currently right now, we are in Ramadan. And I know we say Ramadan is not a moment to eat more. But I'm not going to deny, like, I do miss a lot of food from back home. Like, a lot of delicacies we make, especially in Ramadan. So, uh, I think it's sort of the coping mechanism I try to have is that, well, I have other people here. I have other activities to do here. And mostly, I try to progress as in what I can do with them. 
because my family's still gonna be back home. I will be able to return to them anyhow. And uh, there are moments where I do feel very, you know, sad and lonely because as much as I'm gonna be a guy who's like okay with the situation and gonna go along with it, uh, I still like for a simple thing such as just con- conversations. You know, I'm conversing in English all the time. And I need someone who I can talk to in my local language. And I don't find a lot of people like that. So mm-hmm. I do come across some individuals sometimes. Uh, me and Rafiq and Anas, you guys always come and play FIFA, you know. So it doesn't make me feel a lot. Like, I, I like, even though we are friends, it does sort of feel like a family bonding here. We spend time with each other. Like, we don't even realize 3, 4 a.m. And we're like, oh, my God, tomorrow I have class at 8. <laughs> so... I don't really <laughs> feel a lot of homesickness. I mean, all thanks to you guys, you know. That's, I think, on behalf of Rafi and us. <laughs> no. Rafi and us, what are you doing? It's a thing, like, I think, because it's uh, quite enjoyable uh, to be friends with you. Uh, there was a lot of things that we had done these past few years. And, like, um, your presence, I think, thing uh, was comfortable for me and it was nice to be friends with you oh. i love oh. you too Rafi. Oh. oh no man don't oh. i'm not coming into <laughs> uh, okay uh Ahmed, um so i would like to um so, sort of structure this question first okay so mm-hmm. when i was abroad um you know um, back in the us i finally fought um, find it very comforting um, whenever there's um, a Malay I found in the US, being able to speak my language, being able to relate to someone. Finally, I feel like I'm back at home for a moment. So yeah. we have Indians here. Um, <laughs> have you ever talked to them? And does that give you that feeling, the one that I felt? Uh, yeah, it does, actually. Uh, the thing is that uh, the Indians here, where I usually interact with in our university mainly, uh, are Indians from a different part of my country. And because India is really, really a you know big country, so each state has its own thing, own language, own culture. So the people here, uh, even though we're from the same nation, we don't really speak the same language. And they are like foreigners to me, honestly. But there are some people who come from my state and people, very few of them. But it was mainly uh, people who can speak the same language as me, which I instantly feel homely with. So there have been guys, there's been one particular friend who's still in UIA right now. I sort of meet him at times, bump into him. And when I speak to him, I feel like, okay, I can, you know, you know, feel like I don't need to restrict my language. I can, you know, I don't need to find the right word in English to express <laughs> what I'm actually saying. So it really, I, I find that to be, you know, a really nice uh, instant, uh, just like how you say that whenever you find, mm-hmm. used to find a Malay, you'd feel like you're, you're back at home. So I feel pretty much the same when I encounter these people. Um, if I'm not mistaken, your main language is Hindi, right? Uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's Hindi, as they say, but we all speak the language Urdu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Urdu and uh, Hindi are like almost similar. Which state are you from? Uh, I'm I'm from like how Rafiq said I'm from the city Bombay. Uh, it's the previous name is Bombay. The new name is Mumbai. Uh, but the, oh, the same. Yeah, right. but uh, yeah, but the people who come from our city we call it Bombay because it has more of you know emotion to it. So uh, and the and the state name is called Maharashtra. Yeah. So. That's, uh, and I think like it's a fun fact. I don't know if you guys knew like uh, Mumbai city is one of the most populated cities in the world, and it has a population almost as close to entire Malaysia. Oh my god! Like just man. just just one city, like it's like super crowded. Oh, one city. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, it's it's a whole state, so it's a very big state. But I just come from that particular uh, city. That's a lot. Wow. So like um in your house, maybe in your state, like was there a difference of maybe the weather from here in Malaysia and also India? Like how do you feel about the weather in Malaysia? Does it makes you feel at home? Is it the same or like is it different? 
Yeah, uh, I think like for me, when I I've been li- I was born and uh, sort of for a couple of years I lived in the city Mumbai where I you know, initially come from. I my my family's there, but I moved to another city called Bangalore. Uh, it's a bit toward the south, and I've been living there ever since like 15, 16 years now. Uh, however, the city, uh, the weather in Malaysia is very similar to the city Mumbai. It's very humid. It's uh, extremely hot at times. So, and Mumbai is like way worse than Malaysia when it comes to heat. Like if I was to be on this podcast right now and talk to you guys, I'd be like really, you know, sweating, you know, very profusely. But uh, in Malaysia, I sort of feel like, okay, it's pretty much the same weather. So I don't really feel like as if, you know, I'm away. It does sort of give me the same feeling like I was back in my city. What else? What else? What else do you think that Malaysia has and India doesn't have? Uh, I think the most important thing uh, I feel it's uh, the attitude of the people. You know, uh, how people are sort of more engaging, more approachable, and um, I, I mean, I am an Indian. I'm not trying to like demean my own country, but people uh, are not really okay with indulging with other people and talking to them. So I find that to be the big, you know, cultures how everyone doesn't speak Malaysia. Uh, which I don't really get back in India. And people don't really instantly judge you. Uh, even though, yeah, we could <laughs> debate on that. Like, yeah, people do judge you in Malaysia as well. But uh, the judgmental looks which you get in India and the way people initially, like, just make an image of you is, like, it's something which I don't see here. And I feel like I'm more able to express myself and be myself rather than, you know, conform to what the society wants me to be. That's really interesting. Like, um, how Malaysians... I think that's one of the things that uh, made people... Like, our country, of course, that is also debatable. But, like, I think one of the strong points of Malaysian is that we... um, I don't know, this sounds arrogant when I'm saying it, but I think we... (laughs) you know, more open to people, to other culture, because of the existing culture between us and other races in Malaysia already. So, like, um, you've been living for a long time in Malaysia, so... Yeah. What what hobbies have you picked up? Like, maybe photography or maybe something else? Mm-hmm. In, in Malaysia, which I caught up on some hobbies here? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so for me, I feel like uh, one of the main hobbies which I came uh, across into is uh, mainly public speaking or debating. So I I was always told like, okay, Ahmed, you know, you should try speaking. Your uh, I used to read a lot of books when I was younger, or a lot of novels. So I felt like my proficiency in English was sort of a little bit better than usual. So when I came to Malaysia, I initially got the chance to, you know, speak in front of public and speak in front of other people which i really enjoy doing and i still love whenever i get the opportunity even to have a discussion like this uh, i really enjoy uh, being a part of it because i don't always uh, get this same you know chance or opportunity to do it so apart from that yeah i do indulge in some photography which i really enjoy and i get more because i'm in a different country i have more freedom to move around so I can go to places and take good pictures. I can go to meet people and, you know, learn about them and stuff like that. Uh, along with that, I have a little bit of hobbies, which I caught up in Malaysia. Uh, some of you guys might know I bought a guitar. Uh, I've been trying to play that. I couldn't ever buy that. And if my parents are watching, like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I secretly bought that. <laughs> but uh, I really, like, uh, got into that. Then a little small things, like I bought a skateboard and skate uh, roller skates. So even though I'm not indulging much in it, uh, it was some things which I picked up, which I could do because I was in Malaysia. Nice. 
Uh, that's really interesting though. I played with your guitar a few times also. Oh, and let's not let's not forget like how you know Rafi, you yourself like really pulled me into anime. Like uh, I always was liking anime and everything, but like since like you and Zaidi perhaps and everyone like talking about anime and a lot of weird stuff. So I was like, oh, let me give it, let me let me give it a try to this whole community and all of this. So let's see how it goes. And I personally picked that up as a hobby as well. Nice. Uh, you talked about personal development. And I think it's fair to say that you had quite a lot. But can you just um, talk to us about one that you find very impactful that resulted from a particular event that you can remember? Yeah, I think uh, the main, well, you know, how to say my mind opener was uh, our thinking skills class back in Crescent. So, and I think we were we were very lucky to be part of the class of uh, our Sir Nazrik. And uh, so when I was used to go to his classes, it used to be something very new because in my country, in the education system, we have very specific subjects. We don't really have skill-based subjects. So when I used to go to his classes, I felt like, okay, I'm learning something and this is very interesting. And this is how I should be thinking. You know, rather than instantly making assumptions or jumping to conclusions or judging people for what they say or where they come from. So I think that was the biggest uh, impact it had on me, that class, to sort of, you know, initially start my open-mindedness or being a tolerable person in general and being accepting to whatever people do. That's good to hear. I mean, Mr. Nazi, to be honest, he's... Just everyone's favorites, right? Yeah, true. But either way, um, really glad that you know it turned out that way for you because mm-hmm. for me, I think I had the same um experience as well. Perhaps not just um as impactful for yours. I think Rafik was going to say something. You know. Uh, I was just about <laughs> no. I mean, like uh. Thinking skills was like a phenomenon that we, it's not like an experience. It's like something that you learn once and I don't think you can have the same experience after mm-hmm. that. Like your, your kind, like your mind, your kind of thinking has changed. Bro, and that was like our first ever semester in university. Exactly, exactly. That was like a very good impression for I yeah. Like because I think because because of that, I was like, wow, I love this place, especially like how beautiful Crescent was, and I could cook, and we used to have a lot of crazy things we did there, and now we have this amazing lecturer. It was a really fun moment, which you know just caused me to like accept my fate and be like, I'll continue in IIUM. I mean, true, true. It was only, it was only seven weeks. But I think yeah. that would be our most favorite part of our university journey. Oh, true, try. It's so like I really was... should record this part and then give it to Sinestri. <laughs> so, arguably, Crescent was like the best two months of my life, man. I, I it was, it was. I, I, I still remember like cooking every other day and like Rafi comes up to my floor like after half an hour, 40 minutes because he knows by then my dish is ready. And he's like, hey, how are you doing, man? And then Amr, Amr comes with like knocking on the door in a yeah, specific pattern. Slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was really a fun time, I swear. Yeah, I mean like... Your room every night, man. Yeah, your room, man. Single night. At the balcony, taking pictures with Rifat's. Uh, oh, Rifat's uh, camera. <laughs> uh, he sold it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, luckily, we still have the pictures. I mean, like, I think one of the things that, um, yeah, the the one that you were cooking, like, I was looking through your stories, so like, I saw you cooking, so I was like, ah, in one more hour, it's gonna be finished. Yeah, yeah. I think every other person was like used to look at my stories because I remember once we shifted to the Gomba campus, uh, one uh, one of my class, one of our classes, I arrived early, and I think it was uh, Shafika Mardona 
and uh, Aziza, they were both sitting together and we we're like, we always used to see your stories on Insta, you know, like when we never got to eat your food. And I'm like, um, well, if I get the opportunity again, I'd love to cook. Yo, but your cooking was phenomenal though. Oh, come on. It, was, it wasn't that great, man. It was good, man. It was good. So, like, um, how can maybe you, you compare Malaysian food and Indian food? Like, which one? Is, I think, like, arguably, I, I, I think that Indian food is going to be the first. But do you think Malaysian food have, like, you know, uh, an ounce of maybe to fight back? Yeah, yeah, they do, they do. Uh, especially like uh, Malay food is like mainly focused on rice, and uh, is the rice is the staple diet of uh, Malaysia. So I think like you guys do a wonderful job in making the nasi gorengs. Like I really love uh, nasi goreng USA mostly, and uh, I still think like even though I do eat a lot outside most of the time, it's like if you see me in university. Every time during lunchtime, I am in Evoke Cafe eating uh, nasi goreng ayam or nasi goreng tom yam or something of that. So every time. And like, I'm probably like the only international there usually because all I'm surrounded by all Malaysians or Indonesians. So, and I think Malaysia has like, Malaysian food has the opportunity to fight back a little, especially when I tasted rendang. Uh, rendang is like, it's just a wow. It's a phenomenal dish for me personally and i can never forget when i ever go to an event i'm looking for satay i think that's what it's called right like the uh, chicken yeah. like oh that's like my all-time favorite nice uh how, how do you feel about um malaysian indian food uh are they comparable to the one that you tasted oh. back home I mean, this is the this is this is part which gets funny, you know, because when I saw the Malaysian okay. Indian food, I'm like, this is not Indian food. <laughs> this is oh, this is no. you might call, you might you might call it something, you might call it mama food or whatever, but this is not uh-huh. Indian food in any uh, way. Yeah, sometimes they try to give you tandoori. <laughs> they have tandoori, but the tandoori which they make here is mm-hmm. hella different from the tandoori I have back home. Bro, oh, we'll go to Maharaja one day, man. <laughs> yeah, do come over, man. Like, I'd, I'd be more than glad to give you guys a tour. Alright, sounds good. Rafiq, chat. Yeah, <laughs> Rafiq, sponsor? Oh my god, mashallah, mashallah. <laughs> so, like, um, maybe... Before we end, like we we always ask the people in our stream, our guests, to recommend maybe three books that they uh, love to read, and also maybe a bonus to you because um, I know you are also uh, a gamer, so maybe you want to recommend top three games also. Oh okay, well uh, if I were to start with books, uh, I think I would choose. Uh, but like my genre is mostly I read a lot of fiction and everything, but uh, I like read I read some stories. So I think the first book, my top favorite book of all time, I would recommend. I I don't know if you guys might. It's called Thousand Splendid Sons. It's a it's a very beautiful book written by uh, I think the author's name is Khaled Hosseini. Uh, it's a very very amazing book which I think everybody should read. And I think it was the first book which sort of made me cry. And uh, it, it's so touching. The story, and uh, I mean, it's not really spoilers, but it's a very, very sad story. And each page you keep turning, and you're like, it just gets more sadder. Why isn't there anything happy here? But it really touches your soul. Uh, the other thing, uh, other book I'd recommend is from the author Sidney Sheldon. Uh, it's called uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, I think that's the book. Uh, what it's called. I had read it long time. I got it as a birthday gift from my sister. Uh, it's a book which has a lot of, you know, suspense and action and thrill. And it's just a fun read to, for people to read. Uh, the third book, uh, it's a bit of a hard choice uh, for me between a lot of books that I've read. But I'd say that um, uh, it's not really something specific. But I'm actually reading a book now, which I find to be very interesting. Uh, but however, if I was to recommend someone who's into the crime crime genre, then please go ahead and read the Sherlock Holmes series. 
Yeah. So and and well, moving on to, I think games, right? Like, yeah. do you, yeah. or, is, or do I have to do both games or only? So okay, uh, games. Well, uh, games. It's a very hard choice. So of course, I think uh, one of the games I played, which really you know affected me, was The Witcher Three. It was a really amazing. I, it was the first game in the whole series, even though it's called Witcher Three. That was the first part I played. It has an amazing story, a lot of great gameplay. Uh, kids under eighteen, don't play it, please, or <laughs> don't play it around uh, adults who might be not okay with you playing that sort of a game. Uh, the other game I'd say is to play. Um, I think it would be God of War, the new uh, title. You don't need to play the past titles to understand the story. It's a very beautiful, breathtaking game, which really, you know, affects you, and you're like, wow. Uh, the one last game I'd recommend is the game called Metal Gear Solid 3. It's a very old game, which came out, I think, on the PS2. Uh, but it, I think it's made by uh, the director called Hideo Kojima who does a very good job in storytelling. And it was one of the games which sort of really, like like the book, it sort of made me cry as well because it has a very emotional story. And it really touches you because it's not like a game where you just shoot people and enjoy, but it's uh, it focuses on really great narrative, character building, and it makes you look at things differently in life. Damn, thanks, man. For your recommendation so maybe for our viewers and me myself and maybe Anas and Rafiki you might look through your recommendations I'll tell you if I ever read one of your recommendations and review what <laughs> thanks man um, maybe um, any last word yeah I think before that mm-hmm. uh, we can ask maybe one bonus question uh, we always ask this to our guests uh, so if you ever went to a mama before, so you're 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 thirsty, man. You're very thirsty. Like there's a lot of drinks that you can order. So between between Milo Ice or Tetare, like which one, which one is your favorite? Oh, I I will go with Milo Ice. I will go with Milo Ice. Milo Ice. Classic. Classic. <laughs> Okay, I mean, yeah. like, I think I think because Mama is a go-to place for people to lepa and chill because of its yeah. environment. What is your go-to food that you order and your go-to drink? Oh, my go-to drink. Uh, uh, it's really like I I usually depends in my mood. Uh, right now I don't know why. Since yesterday, I've been craving for mango milkshake a lot. Like, like I really want something something tropical and fruity in nature. So uh, that's the drink I'd like. And food in general, I think I'd sort of want to have a bit more of my food, uh, my cuisine. It's been a long time since I've eaten food, which is, you know, from my country and whatever. So that would be my go-to food at the moment. Yeah, you know what? Uh, speaking of comfort, right? Actually, I was going to speak about Mama. Um, in case you haven't noticed yet, Mama is sort of like the unofficial community spot for Malaysians. Uh-huh. Sort of like, um, there's, that's the place where unity happens. Whenever mm-hmm. there's a big uh, football event, for instance, even at 3 a.m., right? Oh, I It'll love those. I, lo- I love those people gathering and watching football matches together. <laughs> right. So, the, yeah, that's why it's like, I think, one of the underappreciated spot in Malaysia that is Mama Stalls. Yeah. <laughs> because it really shows the unity between races. To be honest. So deep, okay. so deep Rafiki. <laughs> so deep. <laughs> it's just Mama Stalls. <laughs> right, okay. Um, as a closing word, um, thank you to all our viewers. Thank you, Ahmad, for coming um, and joining us for this podcast. Uh, um, thank you for giving me this opportunity. Be kind to everyone. Um, you never know uh, what they're experiencing. Um, and, and as Anas talked about earlier, you are the ambassador to your country. Make sure mm-hmm. that you display um, good virtues to everyone inside or outside the country. True, true, true. Um, Ahmad, would you like to deliver some last words? 
Uh, well, I'd say that uh, as the topic goes, the experience of me being in Malaysia, uh, it has been a phenomenal experience. And if anyone has the opportunity in life to ever go out of their homes and comfort zones, then I'd highly recommend it because you never know what kind of experience you might be put into. Yes, I'm not going to deny it. I have been through some bad experiences while being here. It has been with uh, events or certain people or certain things. But I think it still really helps a person grow in life because not everything is going to be a fairy tale and everything has a happy ending. So I think uh, it's really necessary for everybody to go out, venture out into the world uh, and accept life. And, uh, and I'd say that whatever memories you make and the people you've come across and the bonds you've made, which I have made like with you guys too, should always be cherished regardless of what and so stay strong and well live on thank you to all of our viewers on youtube uh, we'll upload this on youtube our highlights will be on twitter instagram and also youtube and to our listeners on spotify also we'll upload this on spotify stay tuned for our next episode i think for this season we'll have 10 episodes and this is the sixth episode so we'll have four more to go and inshallah we'll see you guys on the next episode thank you again ahmad thank you to rafiq and rafiki and also ilia spotting from far <laughs> and our podcast for today with assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh look i will take a screenshot once the words uh, goes in the middle so you guys can just type it and just say sure sure okay, okay I'll, I'll look at Rafiq hey <laughs> okay one more one more one more one two okay thank you right. thank you thank you guys thank you. see ya bye bye